What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 297. And uh, I'm one of the co-hosts. My name is Steve, and I'm here with... Ron. And John. Guys, it's good to see you for another you week in a row. It's, yeah, it's, it's The streak goes on. Yeah. We keep doing it. <laughs> you know what well, I've noticed? The... Is nobody's stopping us. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's that's true. So we just keep that's doing true. it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sure. I think Starship said it best when they said, nothing's going to stop us now. <laughs> Is that right? I don't know. You know, that sounds overconfident. Man- I, I would rewrite Mannequin. that to be, nothing seems to be trying to stop us at the moment. <laughs> Give it time. We'll figure out what's going to stop us. <laughs> right. Something might. That's why Probably there's three logic, uh, his application. Yeah, my logic is, is, it is demonic. <clears throat> and fucking... People don't know that when two of us are talking on the podcast, the other one is looking around to see if anything's trying to stop us. And then we kind of trade off like that. We do it in shifts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back to back, like lethal weapon, just kind of. If you a... see if it's doing this. <laughs> Look out. Yeah. The other guys yep. are talking. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. So today's episode is going to be a little bit of a, a mix of a mixed bag. Um, we're going to kind of catch up um, and talk a little bit about Mortal Kombat, uh, which a couple of us have seen, which came out last week on HBO Max, another one of their day and date hits. I guess I'll say hits. Yeah. Um, you know, both that come out on the HBO Max streaming platform and, and theatrically where theaters are up and running. And then we're going to kind of end out the episode with uh, just kind of a, a talk about the Oscars, the 93rd Oscars, which aired this past weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll get around to that towards the end. But to start the episode, like we usually do, anything news related that you guys want to bring up? I know I have one one little thing I took a note of the other day that I wanted to make sure I brought up on the podcast. But I'll let you guys go first if you have anything you want to bring up. You know, I don't know if I have anything. This is burning a hole in my brain. So, yeah. are you serious? Me, yeah. Typically, I have something. Let me. No, no. Not, yeah, new, not, not really news, but how? What do you guys think of the West Side Story trailer? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it looks looks great. Looks I'm excited. Great. Looks great. Yeah. Right. I'm excited. I mean, when you heard Spielberg was doing that, you sort of pictured, yeah. oh, I bet that's going to look great. <laughs> and then you see the trailer, and it. It does. So, I mean, I, I think that it was big. The the uh, it's a big night. I think next year is going to be a big year for musicals. I feel like the, the Oscars next yeah. year better better put a little spring in their step because there's going to be at least a couple big musicals next year. Yeah, I mean, this contention. this year you have that. You have In the Heights, yep. which, which is another of HBO's day and date releases uh, for those interested. And then also this year's Dear Evan Hansen is supposed to come out, which is going to be, I think, a contender as well. Um, so yeah, three pretty huge titles, uh, you know, musicals coming out theatrically and in streaming in some way. So yeah, you're, I think you're right. Like I think that that may be an interesting ceremony next year. Um, spoiler alert, maybe more so than this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The trailer looked great. I think you know that the way they dropped it during the ceremony this year for the Oscars was pretty smart. Um, but yeah, I mean, fans of Spielberg, fans of the original, fans of musicals, it just seems really well, ca- <clears throat> really well cast. And just the production design and everything just looks like just insane. Just looks it looks like movie magic. It really does. And yeah. mm. uh, I thought that trailer looked great. But the, the one news thing that I wanted to mention to you guys, I don't know if you guys I don't know if you use Roku's. I know we've talked about them before. Maybe you had used it a little bit, John, maybe tried one. But um, I got an email from Roku, uh, which I think they sent to all their users okay. on, mon- on Monday. Um, and this is kind of making the rounds Monday into yesterday. But basically, they had sent a, a, a email out to their user base basically saying that there's a high likelihood that we, you, that I, a user of, of Roku, would no longer be able to access my YouTube TV subscription on the platform anymore. That basically what? the negotiations between YouTube or Google and Roku have broken down and um, basically, you know, they've used words like Google having predatory and monopolistic behavior, uh, basically the terms negotiating, stalling because of the way that Google wants to handle the data that they collect off of the Roku platform and et cetera, et cetera. You know, of course, then YouTube comes back and issues a statement saying that, you know, they're trying to negotiate with Roku and that, you know, Roku does this often where they kind of, you know, make it public what negotiations are happening. And they I think they did sort of do that a little bit, maybe not in an email to their user base, like with the HBO Max deal 
and everything like that before that came on the platform. But I just thought it was really interesting because apparently it's supposed to happen within the next couple of days. Uh, somebody, you know, you know, a couple of articles saying between like this week, there's a, a change between months. And usually that's mm. contracts are ending at the end of this week or something. So I'd be curious because, I mean, I do use YouTube TV um, on my Roku. And that would really suck if it was no longer available on my Roku. Mm -hmm. As is most case with this kind of things, like they usually work it out. But it seems to be coming a more and more common thing that these platforms, especially ones that have the really high user base counts, don't seem to be willing to... They, they seem to be having more negotiating power than some of the apps do, you know, like the whole HBO thing and like the Warner media, you know, conversation, you know, how it took so long for it to get to, you know, Amazon and like the Roku devices. It just seems like these platforms really do have a lot of power. And it was yeah. really interesting to me to get an email from Roku, not only telling me what was happening, but the last paragraph of the email was a call to action, basically asking Roku users to contact oh. Google about wanting to continue to use the YouTube TV app on my Roku platform, obviously to help them get whatever terms they want to get through. So, the, but. so they're basically saying, write your senator. Basically, yeah. And first name, Google, last name, <laughs> dot com. Senator you know? Google. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean... I, I know, I know, Ronald. You don't really use the device. I don't know if you ever messed with them, John. But, I have one. Oh, you do have one. Okay. Yeah. I thought you I were across one. the board Apple uh, TV stuff, but I, so I'm a big. I, I test everything. I don't know yeah. if I tell you this kind yeah. of in, in past. Just just because, um, there's a reason. I mean, we could talk about this at some point, but there's a reason why Apple TVs cost what they do. They perform a little differently than they do on smart TVs and stuff like that. I mean, I I I use the, I use YouTube TV on everything. I use yeah. it on my my PlayStation. I use it on my Xbox. I use it on my TV. I use it on my Apple TVs. I use it on my iPads. I use it, you know. Okay. I, hey, jeez, uh, humble brag about yeah, all the okay. devices. Well, you the have. breaks, bro. No, no, no. But but it's an important app. But, but what I was gonna say was it's it is my cable. It is my cable. No, so. I I use it the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So and and you know I I have my preferences for streaming but i would never want you to not have a thing you know i don't i want everybody to have the same access on every device yeah. and roku is seems to be having these arguments more and more and some and, and i think that it's, it's a couple of things like i think you should be fighting for your right to have things on your terms right but some of it is like, party yeah it's, is it it's <laughs> a party but is it worth that all the time? Like, it feels like I, this has happened a couple of times with them where it feels like there's these crazy ass roadblocks where it's like, all right, man, like, who are you? I'm standing up for the little guy. Like, I, I, I get it. I want I want them to win. But I, I if I if I had a Roku set up like you do, I would be fucking furious. Right. I'd be right. fucking furious because if, especially if that's your cable, if right. that's if that's your cable box, if that's your your means to watch TV news. Yeah. It's basically used for like the mainly for like local, you know, yeah. Local stations and some, some cable stations I, you know, watch sometimes I, I very rarely watch any kind of live TV, but yeah. um, it is a really great app. And I mean, I think YouTube TV is pretty impressive so um, for the price point, but I, I just think that, yeah, I think in general, it doesn't really worry me a whole lot only because the precedent seems that like, there may be a little bit of delay or there may be a little right. bit of like stalemate, but they do seem to kind of come around and figure, you know, figure shit out. But it does yeah. seem to be something that's happening more and more. And I think it really is because the platforms, especially the Roku platform, it is like an industry leader. You know what I mean? I think that they're yeah. in, just yeah, in terms absolutely. of pure units, yeah. it's just so many people use them. And I think they're getting more and more confident in their ability to, negotiate these things or like you know in this case i think it's that you know youtube is basically trying they're saying that youtube is trying to like leverage the way that like search results are parsed to favor youtube you know and sure. that um you know that's questionable i guess on roku's end because you know if they drive more things to youtube and the terms are worse with youtube yeah. Roku's not making as much money as if search results were leading to other apps that they make more money yeah. off of you know what i mean or whatever 
like like uh, other alternatives to YouTube TV, like um, with, what like slang or things like that, like you know these other options that are out there. But I don't know. Interesting. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, we may have they may have all figured it out, hopefully. But it's just oh, another so. example of like you know um, just a very public fight about you know <laughs> being able to keep an app in a store somewhere. Well, I'm intrigued by that notion of Roku being somebody who takes their takes their fight public or who who, yeah. who hangs their dirty laundry that. in public. But I mean, it's like yeah. that, I, that might be a factor to why we are hearing about. It could be that Roku's kind of the tip of the spear for some of these um, uh, problems, you know, because of the fact that they do have like a pretty big share of the market, and they do have yeah. to have deals with all these other providers, yeah. the studios, and the that you know now that everybody's got their own outlet and their own app and their own everything. Um, so I think yeah. that's interesting that just that maybe Roku's got a little bit of a scrappy quality to them, uh, which again, I, don't, I haven't observed it enough to know if that's true. But the other thing I think is just interesting, or maybe just sits on my my mind is that like, it stresses me out to think of all these companies, the little deals and the fact that like, we've already talked about it, the notion of how many services do you have to subscribe to? How many things do you have yeah. to have? How many yeah. devices do you have to keep on hand? And it's like, these people not playing nicely together always, always stresses me out. <laughs> it just makes yeah. me think, yeah. oh, what's going to be the thing in the future that's hard to finagle or, the, you know, again, hard. I talk about something that's a very oh, yeah. good problem to have, but it's just, you yeah. know, as, as bad as cable was and as much as they gouged you, you did just make that payment. And that was that. And you got the stuff and you didn't have to worry as much. I mean, every now and then there would be two companies that couldn't agree, but it was yeah. much more in the vein of what you said, Steve, of like, well, they're going to work this out because right. this is too big and, and you know, whatever. So I don't know. That's the, it just makes me wonder like how many more stories like that are there just going to be as we get more and more dependent on, on these, on the spread out array of uh, providers and services yeah. and yeah. so forth. For sure. So I, I have family in, in the Carolinas and, they give people Roku's. Those are the cable boxes. People now. catch them it's, there, like in yeah, the yeah. They just they just so the Roku's are the are the cable boxes for all those services now. So you open up the Spectrum app on the device, yeah, and yeah. when you connect yeah. to their home network, it automatically signs you in, and that's it. Like it, so, if if you if you if they give you a, a thing that's supposed to do everything and it doesn't, it doesn't access certain things. I feel like you're at a as at the disadvantage, especially if you're especially if you're TV smart but isn't quite as good as a Roku app. Because like a native Roku is is gonna run 4K better than a lot of stuff. It's yeah, gonna, for sure. It's gonna um, you know, you have the Apple TV app. A lot of older smart TVs don't run the Apple TV app. Um, it's like things like that. So yeah, you want it to be a one-stop shop and you know. You pay your money for it. You want these services to be. Accepted. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Just thought it was pretty interesting. Um, All right. I had a Get little piece over of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Real quick before we go over there. Uh, <laughs> best summer I'll, ever. I'll cue you, John. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, best summer ever. The disability sort of heavy duty. Great representation. Uh, film is up on PVOD now. Best summer ever. We yeah, and we, we saw that at South by South, South by Southwest. Yep. Incredible. It movie great. That has a lot. It's like, yeah, would you consider it a musical? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got the, it's got elements enough to somebody could. I mean, yeah. So it's, it qualifies. There's more than two songs in it. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Best Summer Ever is a great film. That's worth checking out. And it just best example of uh, disability representation. I, check it out, please. Best Summer Ever. Go. John, go, go, John. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, John. You're yeah. so good. You did it. Yeah. That was yeah, really so, good. I haven't seen the movie, so that was really my one that, contribution. That, that was, I was like, that's us getting you in here. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is you getting involved. Uh, yeah, so Mortal Kombat. Ronald, what did you think? I thought it was fun, man. Yeah. I, look, I have, a, I, have, you know, I have a problem, and I, I have to voice it. When, when people come to Earth, I'm normally done with the script. Like it's like all the when like Sonic coming to the real world. <laughs> that, I put that, that statement together. <laughs> that was, but I thought that was until you saw the sci-fi genre with Oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> you were like before Oblivion introduced me to what science fiction was. I was out until Mr. Thomas Mapother Cruz invented right. 
the sci-fi yeah. genre in what was it 2012 uh, yeah. 2014 I, or something it, it's like a it's like a real pet peeve of mine man like when you <laughs> i don't know why they do it it's like you know what would be cool if this character from a video game or a cartoon was was in <laughs> on earth walking around between cars you mean like in the old masters of the universe movie the way it like takes place in los angeles or something like that like yeah no that's like a ripoff almost (laughs) killed me when it happened you know when they were like walking in between the cars i'm like i'm done i'm done with this movie then they start flipping i'm like okay i like Like, i'm not done i'm in (laughs) i'm not i'm back here look if you have people come to earth i'm out but if you have them flip cars i'm in right i'm in Especially if There's it's like two of you know? That's the balance yeah. that Ronald yeah. has with, with cinema. It bothers me so bad, man. It's like Sonic would have been a better movie if it just took place in his world. And they would have just done it like, you know, special effects and stuff. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. But just have, just have I, Ben I like Schwartz, no, no animated character in the animated yeah, world. Just, just flip it. And then a paper cutout of, yeah. of Sonic just. <laughs> and he's just like throwing it up in the air to spin it real quick. <laughs> Like he's got like a sonic pog and he's just flipping it. <laughs> I, know, I so would watch funny. that. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think we should watch that. I like that'd be, um, that'd be so good. But yeah, it's it's like it, it's very it's very fun. I mean, you yeah. know, I think I think what I said, I don't know if I said it on the podcast last week or when we were off podcast recording. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the biggest concern I had going into it was the fact that I'd heard that, like, there's no tournament in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Which I still, which I still don't know that I love that there's not. But when you watch the movie, you kind of easily, and there's no spoiler uh, in this at all. But like, yeah. you you quick you you quickly pick up that like, there's intent for this to not be a movie. Like, there's an intent yeah. for this to be a franchise or a trilogy, which you know should just go without saying. But you know when you when you see what's going Sadly. on with the story, yeah, right. Which is just simply that you know, the, our villains in the game or in the story are basically trying to take out the heroes before the tournament even starts. You know, like, that's the plot of this movie. And eventually you kind of, like, get on board with it and it's fun. And, like, if you're a, a, a fan of the game series, which is one of the last games that I was ever super, super into, um, you know, you definitely... There's so, there's definitely stuff here to see that is worth watching, especially, you know, the 1995 movie you know a lot of people are fans of it and, and i kind of like that movie it's just you know it kind of suffered from the whole pg-13 of it all especially for a game that's so brutal and violent so yeah. you know this movie being rated r you definitely got a little bit of a reward if you are looking for you know f- the fatalities that you didn't get in 95 uh, yeah. because there's a couple really cool ones and you know that kind of pays off but um you know it's it's kind of a silly movie like it, it's kind of crazy that Warner Brothers is, you know, starting this franchise from, you know, a, a beloved, super popular video game series. And like, it's just one of those situations where it's like there's a screenwriter and a director who this is like the first thing that they've done. Yeah. And it's just like you, that that you question that, I think. And that's kind of what happens with a lot of these video game adaptations is that like. A lot of them maybe fail, not because, you know, the property can't be adapted properly to be a movie. But like a lot of times it's kind of similar to that where like the people involved with it or who it is able to attract maybe is, uh, you know, kind of like starting out, you know, people starting out with their career or like jumping from commercials or like, you know, music video, you know, direction, which sometimes works out and sometimes doesn't. But um, looking at the IMDb for this and like kind of looking into the production for it, it's like kind of wild to me that such a big budget movie is coming off of a screenwriter and a director who like this is literally like their first major Feature wow. film, period, which is wild. Um, is wild. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Overall, I thought it was pretty fun. I mean, there's there's some nitpicky, you know, and I don't even know if it's worth doing it. But like, you know, the whole what, what's his name? Uh, what's the 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 lead's name? Some, uh, Joe Cole or the the main guy that like you're following, like our oh, proxy right. for the whole yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Whatever his name, like the, whoever uh, Lewis Tan plays. Yeah. Um, that whole the idea of introducing a like non-game character to kind of be <laughs> yeah, our proxy for for Mortal Kombat, yeah. Yet he is somehow involved in Mortal Kombat. I don't know that that all works, but maybe that's like a plan for the whole trilogy of the see who that character becomes. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe somebody different, or maybe somebody we will recognize. But um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, 
basically everybody everything that everybody said about the trailer is what the movie is like you know some yeah. awesome fucking kills some awesome fighting like there's really some really cool fighting choreography in it um you know sub-zero turning blood into an ice knife and then stabbing the guy with his own blood ice knife like that's so good that's pretty awesome like that's a, that's yeah, an all-timer yeah. you know that's an all-timer um, yeah. Even if you got got that way, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's pretty good." Yeah, you know what? I can't yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you took my blood. That's inventive. You froze it. Yeah. You turned it into a knife. Um, <laughs> the the last like I'd say four games have been like super duper story heavy to the point right. where like if you look on YouTube, you could watch them all, and it, it's it's a movie. Like, and I'd say ten and eleven were probably the ones that are probably the most similar to the storyline, where they okay. just kind of traveling through portals, beating the shit out of each other, going yeah. to the netherworld. It's 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 most similar to, I'd say, 10 and 11 in terms of the storyline. But they've changed the characters and stuff, and it's it's not exact. But I thought it was fun, man. Like, the, the thing is, if you're buying into people coming from uh, the netherworlds and people with four arms, like, what, what would you expect this to be but a B-movie with some cool special effects if it has the funding and you know the right team and a yeah. solid story. I I thought that I thought that the changes that they made were pretty cool. Like the tournament tat kind of tattoo thing. Oh the yeah the, uh, the, uh, like the marking. Symbol. Yeah. So um I I thought it was cool stuff like that that was pretty cool. I mean I, I thought that the story dragged a little bit, but once it picked up, once the action started, I was in there. But okay, can you answer me a question? Um, Scorpion is from Japan and speaking Japanese subtitles, um, the whole time. Yeah. He goes to hell and he's like, get over here in the most American accent you could possibly ever happen. So are, are they telling us that this is a commentary that the U S is hell that when you start <laughs> speaking English, I don't, I don't understand. How he, That's the language you inherit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the, you know, it's the, you know, every place has sort of like a a preferred language for that place. (laughs) Hell, hell just is like, let's just go ahead and make American the, you know, the pop. Yeah, it's, it's, we already have the numbers down there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like the way that everybody in space has a British accent for some Hello, reason. Yes. That's so everybody in hell is just like, Hey guy, what are you doing? I'm the devil. (laughs) I speak English. That makes sense. Yeah. There, there's there's a few of those moments in the movie where it's just like mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on really or why that's happening, but yeah. But I'm then, down. then the next scene is like some cool fight, and you're like, okay, well, there's the cool yeah. fight I was looking for. Does it feel like it's built well to be a franchise starter? Yeah. I hate to hear myself say that, but I mean, does it feel like they they does, they know what yeah. they're doing, or they might know, you know, like the, right now everybody's trying to do this. Everybody's trying to take these big properties and and do this. Yeah, like turn them into more than just a movie. So, so you're saying yes? It does feel like a, a, like confident enough that maybe what people are waiting for the tournament storyline, whatever, might be coming in a future movie or something they're building up to. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Do you, what do you think, Ronald? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, I think they planted enough here just with the idea of what the Mortal Kombat tournament is, and just it, th- this literally just feels like like the first act of something. You know what I mean? That yeah. has a couple cool fights, like. It's literally just setting up the rules of like, when is the tournament? Who participates in it? You know, what are some of the rules? And the fact that, you know, they're breaking the rules and who's enforcing that? Nobody, you know, like no one's going to stop, you know? So I think it does a good job of just doing that. And I mean, it, it introduces it enough characters. The only thing I think probably fails is that like a lot of the villain characters that we meet in this one, they kind of get knocked off pretty easily. And I don't know that that, can maintain if they want to get three movies out of this. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I think there's enough there that I think almost immediately you're like, okay, I mean, I can, I can, I can say, you know, in two years, they're going to probably be another Mortal Kombat movie coming out, you know, and, yeah. and they even tease at the end where it's going, you know, which I think is kind of fun. And especially for, yeah fans of the ser- of the game especially prior the era that i followed I did, I, I did not make it to like you know what you were describing like the last couple of releases like where it kind of entered a story mode yeah. I'm, I'm all just mm-hmm. i was all in the in the versions where it was just full versus combat like it was no story mode there but one of the characters one of the more popular characters that's missing from this movie is teased at the end of this movie which is like something that i'm sure fans of the series would be excited for in, in a sequel for sure 
Yeah. I love love that you guys are presenting. Oh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ronald. I was going to say movie schmovie fact. Did you know that a lot of the characters in Mortal Kombat are based on characters from Big Trouble in Little China? Oh, that makes sense. I feel like I didn't know that for sure. It was like a huge inspiration. I can totally picture those elemental warriors that kind of come out. They have the different The the guys with the lightning are like Raiden. They change it slightly. There's like a character with kind of a similar Kung Lao sort of thing that that, that appears. The the, the brimmed hat. Yeah. Yeah, the brimmed hat. Um, So like it's it's kind of all over their movie. I actually recently watched. Yeah. So that's. Movie schmovie fact for you. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say thank you guys for giving me a take on this movie that isn't what I've been seeing online, which is either, oh, I'm five minutes in and this movie sucks ass. And then uh, the other side is, I don't care what people say. I had fun. I haven't seen anybody that's not salty about this movie. (laughs) Even the people that like it are are salty. (laughs) So you guys are giving me a nice... uh, Again, I think that, you know, we said this about uh, Godzilla versus Kong. When a movie is kind of aware of what it is and what it's trying to deliver, and it delivers on some level, like you said, Steve, a certain number of fight scenes, a certain number of (laughs) gory finishing moves... And it's like, what more did you want from this movie? If you're really going, right. oh, they they didn't get to the tournament or they didn't base it on this game or whatever. I feel like, um, I mean, if there's enough there for them to expand on, or especially if they're getting this, you know, according to their accounts that they've released, it's it's uh, an even bigger response than Godzilla vs. Kong got, right? On on the yeah. service? On the service, yeah. I think yeah. on the on the platform, I want to say... Not box was, office, but... On, yeah, it, on it was, yeah, it was still did, a, it still out, outperformed at the box office, the, the, the projections, and... and yeah, the HBO Max numbers that they released, I want to say, were bigger than the Godzilla vs. Kong. Is everything they put out bigger than everything? I, I feel think like so. that's always the story yeah. with HBO. Are they just yeah. gaining traction, or is I it think actually so. okay? Okay. Yeah, I do think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is this movie a flawless victory? No, but it does have an awesome one in the movie. Okay. Yeah. It does have an awesome one in the movie. I Wait, will say that. Like, did they the finish the is, Oh, the problem. The problem is you want certain people to stay around for the whole movie and it's just it's some it's some surprises man it's like the action is very it's like mortal kombat you just never know never know who's gonna go suggesting people are 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 dying during this combat (laughs) yeah yes yes they should warn us Yeah, there's a moment of silence. (laughs) It was for the ones that passed away, (laughs) right? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good segue to the Oscars because we're going to have our moment. We should have the little uh, uh, in memoriam reel for all the people that died in Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. But yes, uh, the Oscars, uh, 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 you know, an attempt to do something different. The ceremony they weren't going to do a Zoom thing this year, uh, so they opted for something in between. like a socially distanced version of the Oscars and something that I kept hearing the word more intimate. I kept hearing the phrase like uh, over the shoulder or more like a movie. Um, what did yeah. you guys think of, of, of this year's Oscars ceremony, the, the, the structure of it? Uh, who's going to go first? I don't, I don't <laughs> want to cut run off. We don't like to first? speak ill of the dead on this show. No, nah, I mean, I, I wasn't a fan. I mean, just to, to be blunt. I mean, there were some things about it that I, I, I did like. Like, I kind of really actually liked the way it started. Like, you know, I think when you see somebody like Steven Soderbergh is involved with producing it and you get like this long tracking shot of Regina King walking in, you know, like, oh, well, that's Soderbergh right there. And you're like, OK, cool. is, is this going to feel like cool like that? Exactly. Is it going to feel like quick like that and, you know, kind of more modern like that? Um, But I think once you got past like the first couple of categories, that kind of stopped. Um, But I don't know, like it it just felt really kind of flat to me. And I mean, I kept saying and it was completely an aesthetic look to me. It was like, I don't understand why, um, like they had it at Union Station, like if. Like the idea was like socially distanced and like it had larger ceilings, whatever, like, you know, so does the theater that it was usually held in. But a a weird thing that bothered me was like how bright the ceremony was. Like there was something odd about like all those windows being there. And I know that some people enjoyed that or liked that because it kind of made it feel like it was more open. But I kind of just had the opposite reaction where like it kind of just made me feel like I was like watching like a conference or something like it didn't it didn't feel as like intimate and i guess i just yeah i just had like the opposite reaction to that aesthetic choice like it felt less intimate to me less kind of like prestigious prestigious 
and a little more just kind of like casual and I don't know, generic. I don't know. Just in general, most of the night just didn't work for me. Um, I don't know if you want to go kind of through certain things or not, but just the pacing of it all. And uh, I think we've talked about this before, like the lack of a host and, you know, really poorly timed or paced comedic bits or portions of the of the broadcast to kind of keep it moving just seemed to be really missing and and those that were there kind of still missed in ways and in, in more in more ways than not um but i don't know what what was your overall before we kind of like get into certain things we want to kind of pick apart but what did you guys think about it in general well i didn't i didn't hate it um Something was odd about the first 20 minutes. It, it looked very cinematic, and then it just went back to the regular format. Right, right. Which right. I, it did look really cool. Like, I, I got uncomfortable a little bit. I'm like, Aaron, is the whole thing going to be like this? It looks <laughs> looks a little too, like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it. Um, like, it was like it was done in film or something. Like, I was right. like, this doesn't, I don't like this look. And then it changed back, and then it felt like, too, it felt like, um, yeah, it, did, it, it definitely felt like, the foreign press like it felt like yeah that's what that feels like that's why that that's separate to me like that that feel when the foreign press is giving out awards it feels a lot less uh not prestigious because it is prestigious it just there's a tradition of it feeling almost like a ball right for the, for the right. oscars right and it didn't feel like that it felt yeah. very very much like the foreign press was going to come and the guy was going to give the speech in the middle of it with a with subtitles on about it just didn't feel quite as professional as put together i did like that i mean i people hated it people some people loved it i like the music section with laurel when he was going around asking people if they knew the songs uh and going close with the i can't tell if it was memorized or not because that was so oh, oddly specific Oh, yeah. very, very in on it, memorized, Hi- highly scripted. Yeah. But she's cool but enough. But she's to, all in on it, right? Yeah. No, she's yeah, not. She's yeah, totally right. Wrong. Like no, no one's, no one's taking away cool points from Glenn Close just because she needed, uh, you know, some prep time for that because that's just showmanship. Right, right. I mean, that's just them having bits prepared, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I do think I've heard the phrase "debut" more in the last couple of days than <laughs> than I have. I'm in sure the prior are, ten years. <laughs> I'm sure their downloads have gone through yeah. the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody likes butts. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I guess I kind of, I might be somewhere between you guys or something. I don't know. To me, I'm not as, I'm not expecting so much greatness. Like, I feel like this is a constant thing we're always going to say. I mean, until they figure something out, we're always going to say, boy, this was kind of a drag, or why was this so long, or was this... Yeah. I think this year there were a few things, which I imagine we're leading up to. We'll get to some of the bigger things that happened during the ceremony, some of the surprises. But I feel like some of those structural things, you mentioned the lack of a host, Steve. And I think, I mean, I see so many people that have said, oh, I love, this was my favorite. Uh, every year, it seems like, they them doing different things, and this year's no different. People on my feed, people on my social media are saying, I love this. I think this is great. This is the way they they should do it. So obviously it's just, you know, mileage is going to vary. Sure. But I feel like some of those awkward moments that become the story the next day and the next day and the next day, um, a lot of that stuff would be smoothed over if you had that confident hand of a host. I mean, Definitely. we don't necessarily yeah. need them coming out making jokes every two seconds, but in some of those moments, um, it might be nice to have someone who can come out and deliver that stuff with some, you know, if Jimmy Kimmel's d- done it well. It doesn't have to be like Hollywood royalty that does it. It can be one of these people that just knows how to keep a show moving. Right. Um, so I don't know. To me, I feel like it was a little dry. It was a little drab. It was uh, like, it was not a fun experience to sit down and watch the whole thing. But of course, you're also looking for those little moments and those you know, I don't know. It, it still has some of that shine, but this year felt the most like I was watching a televised version of, like the Independent Spirit Awards or, or or the Cable <laughs> yeah. Ace Awards or so. I don't know. It, you know. Not to knock those ceremonies, but it just felt God. like something about the size of it, rather than feeling intimate, as they said, felt kind of low rent or thrown together. Yeah, which I don't definitely. know that to me that was much better. Like I, f- I feel like the Emmys. Uh, I think the Emmys. They they're the one who did all the Zoom awards and stuff right that was i feel like that still came off better to me and it came off with a little bit more life and in a weird way more memorable uh this felt like a weird attempt to deny um that's it that's very not just what's happening in the world but what we expect from the oscars Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of hard to yeah i mean i think that's a great point and i think that's because like you know they're 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 
they're acknowledging it nonstop during the broadcast in different ways and how they're speaking about the, the world that we're in now. But then in the same voice, like, you know, they're only allowing people to participate if they win, you know, if they're there in person or if they're at one of the satellite, you know, Academy, you know, motion picture, like uh, the MPAs, like if they're at one of the offices in like, I think it was like London or Dublin or something where they had them, people coming to do like remote satellites if they, if they happen to win an award. Um, so, I mean, it's just like a, it's like a weird mashup of like trying to make it feel, yeah, I mean, I, it's admirable, I guess, because like they're trying to make it feel as normal as possible. But I mean, what's normal anymore? You know, I think it's just like a, it's just mm, trying to make it fit something that maybe it can't fit right now. But, you know, hopefully next year, if, if the world's back to whatever the new normal looks like, um, you know, the ceremony can kind of maybe iron out some of this stuff. But, you know. I think all that said, I mean, the big takeaway for me the entire night, you know, with all the criticisms I have of the show, the production itself, the reality of, you know, just it being like the most diverse Oscars ever is like mm -hmm. the, the the silver lining of the evening. You know, like you look across the categories, not only who was nominated, but like who ended up taking home awards. It's just a really encouraging. It's a very optimistic, positive outlook for, you know, what Hollywood is looking like now. And, you know, the, the ideas of diversity and representation and just like, you know, when you start to see the body of the Academy being built up to look more like the body of what Hollywood looks like or this country even, you know, I think you really start to feel it when you see awards being handed out that seem a lot more representative of, you know, what people want to see and what people respond to in the movies that they choose to watch. So like that was a really great thing to see how diverse the winner pool was this year and to see people up on stage accepting awards um of every different background like the most ever in academy history is just a very positive thing yeah i i agree um i think okay so the to add to john's point man if if the communities most affected by COVID are poor people, poor minorities, it just poor people in general, to ignore something that's affecting those people is is also a, a misdirect. It's it's fucking it's inconsiderate a little bit. Um well not even a little bit, a lot of it. Um I, because I don't want to always feel like the Oscars are just for people who have the financial means to see every single movie. I still talk to people, yeah, you know, well, I did when I was out and about and they find out that I did a podcast. They you know, people would be like, "Hey, you know, you watch movies. Um, you know, I don't know any of the Oscar shit. Tell me some good stuff to watch." And I could pick out things that they may not want to they may not typically watch like maybe Nomadland. That's now accessible on Hulu or something like that. And I'm just saying that like ignoring something that has decimated you know a population of people who don't have the means to do what we did to isolate the way that we could to to you know vaccinate the way that we could you know there's a lot of people i know that can't do it that way so i can't help but think about where i came from which is there and that makes me think that this whole thing feels a little like short-sighted a little you mean the fact that they're like acting like there's not a yeah. pandemic happening still yes yes still acting like there's not a pandemic right. still and, and, the, and saying you must be here to to be involved with the people risking their health to do to get there even you know it's just, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah 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 and, and, and they kind of balked man. it they kind of balked at that to begin with because like they announced initially that there'd be no kind of special remote yeah. stuff like it was an all in-person thing mm -hmm. and then people started pushing back and then that thing gets when they opened up the the satellite things you know the opportunities to accept awards or or to be able to like introduce stuff remotely so yeah, yeah i mean like that that was them dealing with that problem which is like a talent problem not a viewership problem like you're yeah. describing but the irony and part of what you just said is like i like the idea that people don't have the means to watch the movies that are nominated for Oscars like before the Oscars is almost the opposite of like the Oscars viewership, like why the viewership is so important to them, because it's right. really the back end boost of like what the viewers, what it does. You know, it's right, like right. 
it's like what you look at this week and you see movies like, you know, Nomadland or like Minari or another round, you know, like their their video on demand stuff going like 200 percent up, you know, like that's really that's why they want the viewership there. And like this year's viewership being, I think, the lowest ever, you know, is like down 58 percent from last year, which was even low itself. Yeah. That is what that, that's a bad thing for them and for the industry because you know only having nine million versus twenty million people watching this, you know the after effect of the awareness of titles that they've never heard of or like the awareness right. of the movie that they saw a clip of that they really liked the clip. Oh, I'm going to seek that out. Well, if only nine million versus twenty million are watching it, it's not going to help those movies, and it's right. not going to help the studio in the end either. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a part of the irony is that, like, I think a lot of what they rely on, not only the numbers for, like, to boast how many people watched it, but it's really, like, they're promoting these movies during the broadcast, you know, yeah, and they yeah, want people yeah. to find it after the fact. And, you know, when people aren't watching the broadcast like it was this year with such low numbers, it's like, you know, the movies are still finding a boost, but it's like, yeah. you know, nowhere near what it could have been had it been a better broadcast. Well, I mean, like, what's that? What's, you know... the the Super Bowl and then this, as far as like yeah, the big I mean, night the where two, people yeah. p- people see c- commercials and trailers and stuff like, and you associate it with kind of like it's a big you you would peg that that trailer and and it's true that I've heard people talking about the trailers. I mean, you know, we but we've mentioned those those yeah. uh, in the Heights and um, uh, West Side Story. So I don't know. To me, it's like a lot of those things are just always going to be what they are, but the viewership doesn't seem to really be there. The craze for it doesn't really yeah. seem to be there. I feel like it is at an all-time low. People's investment in this stuff is at an all-time it really low. Is. But the cynicism, yeah. I think, about it, and also just the kind of acknowledgement of everything you were just saying, Ronald, I just think that sometimes people don't find this that important or that relatable or something. And if the show is not doing something to bring people in. I mean, again, I think there are different ways, different years that there's a performer or a movie or just something in the air that makes it a host maybe that makes it like an exciting idea to watch the show but i just don't think there was any we were talking about it actually before before this last weekend that it just didn't feel like it was oscar weekend no build up at all it, yeah. and it has felt sort of less yeah. and less like it's a huge deal on the kind of cultural scale but this year even more so it just kind of felt like oh yeah i don't know anybody that's really talking about it i, I, I think in the days after you sort of could see Okay, people are. I think a lot of people you notice in the run up a couple of days before you see people that are trying to have seen all of the big Oscar movies, and then you see a couple of days after people talking about stuff. But that was, you know, it just doesn't. I don't know. This year, it doesn't seem like it kind of cracked the consciousness. And I, I don't think. I think if you were w- wondering about that, going, what are they going to do to keep viewers? And then you see this show, and it's like, well, this wasn't it. This wasn't the yeah. thing that's going to reinvigorate the idea of the whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean. I think next year will be a different beast altogether. Oh, I mean, hopefully they'll they'll learn from some of this, and I think, you know, try to to reconfigure what this broadcast can be and what this event can be for people. Like, you know, once once we once we get in some way back to movies and like, you know, the idea of seeing some blockbusters nominated for Oscars, you know, that pulls viewers in. Like you're saying, a host that could pull viewers in. I mean, to to think of what it could have been or or would have been, you know, like the last big name, like Kevin Hart, you know, being attached to an Oscar, like that's like. He's one of the biggest names out there, you know, like that would have been an interesting thing to watch to see what that could have done for the Oscars in terms of the viewership. But I think, you know, next year will be very interesting to see what it looks like to see basically, you know, half of a year likely still reeling from the pandemic restraints. And then, you know, this summer Memorial Day kicks off a new version of what theaters look like and what movies are coming out you know, the second half of the year, there'll be a lot more stuff coming out. And like, you may see things entering an Oscar race that we didn't even, you know, that that you didn't even uh, see have a chance this year. So, and that may attract viewership as well. But um, one thing, I mean, I, I know that the, the big thing that we're going to talk about here in a moment is kind of how the show ended. But one thing I wanted to mention um, that I thought was just a horrible decision was, I mean, it kind of ties in what I said before about like the idea of how many eyes they want to see this program. I, I don't understand why, like this year and even some last year, like why pull the clips from the nominees? Like when they're announcing uh, movies and and acting, mainly the acting and and movie uh, awards, like why would you not include clips for all of those nominees? You know, when, when you're telling me that Laura Dern is announcing the best supporting actor pool and instead of showing clips of how powerful these performances are, interesting these performances are, 
she, I'm going to listen to her tell them what she thought of their performance, you know, and that's kind of how all the acting categories went, you know, Reese Witherspoon telling people what she thought of their, like, I understand like the idea of a peer talking to you about their take on something, but I mean, it, it comes off as like completely insincere and, you know, to the, uh, an average person watching this, it's like, what the fuck do I want to hear Laura Dern talking to Daniel Kaluuya about, you know, Fred Hampton? Like she shouldn't be the one doing yeah, that. No, it, you know, it's, it's like put the guy's clip on the screen and show how amazing he was in that movie. Right. And then let somebody be like, oh, man, I didn't see that movie. One, yeah. he looks amazing. Two, he won. And three, his acceptance speech was great. So, like, I'm going to watch that movie now. And they don't yeah. they only get two thirds of that e equation by not having the clip. And that's the entry point to me. And it really bothered me that like so many of these categories just don't have clips anymore. And I mean, I'm a I'm a clips guy. Like, show me the clips. It just gets me jazzed up for the category. And for people that haven't seen the movies, it's a, it's a, it's a start. I want to see a wild uh, 10 second piece of someone's most dramatic moment in the movie taken completely out of context. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to see somebody like screaming or crying or rolling in the dirt. No, it is. It is I do think you're I think it's just like they. <sighs> Maybe, I mean, we look at who produced the, the show this year. There's this kind of inside Hollywood aspect to it. I do think there is a sort of like, we kind of need to tell them like, we like certain things about the awards shows. We like the clip montages. We like to see a second or two of the movie. Uh, yeah. You know, like just because people making, I don't know. There, again, this is back to this thing of it really doesn't matter. No one should really care. But there is a certain thing about the years that everybody talks about it being a, a fun show. Or uh, there's certain things that make it work. And yeah. I don't know th things that people look forward to. Those 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 montages can be cheesy, but I think people look forward to seeing clips from the movies and edited together in an interesting way. And also like. You know, those little things like, I'm trying to think of like things that people talk about the next day. Back when, back in the day, like Billy Crystal's little opening things where he would do little jokes about all the movies. You know, it's like, yes, corny. And, yeah, absolutely corny. But for a lot of people, that's their introduction to some of these movies, you know? And, absolutely. And I think if the show's not reaching out to those people who are kind of learning about the movies from this show... And that used to be the case. A lot of people are going to see these movies, you know, back exactly like in the wake of the Oscars. So it's a yep. little bit weird to not provide context uh, to act like everybody's a movie buff and knows all about it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that like some people, like I said, have seemed to really like what feels like to them a more streamlined show, but it did not feel more streamlined to me because it felt like there was nothing to kind of move things along. They just kind of took out the stuff that used to mark the time for me. Yeah, and also yeah. they changed the order of the awards in a way that that, that oh, led to some kind of dead spells or just areas where, again, you can feel yeah. viewership dropping off where yeah. you're like, are people really that interested in these in these awards? So I don't know. I guess we'll get to that now, right? Should we talk about any of the wins or losses that, that really stuck with us before we get to the big final category that I guess might be our, our kind of wrap-up topic for this? Um. I would just say, like the, the to start the show, even changing, you know, like historically starting with like the supporting acting categories, you know, I think that's an opportunity to start the show with a star, yeah. you know, not that Regina King's not a star and announcing screenplay awards, but you know, imagine having the show start with Brad Pitt presenting an award, like that's that's the start of a show, you know, and the show started that way, so that was a kind of like a reconfiguration of categories right from the jump, so you kind of saw that they were going to do a lot of changes, but um. Um, win, win wise, I mean, like, um, uh, I really liked another round, so I was really happy to see that win the international feature. And I thought his acceptance speech was great. Yeah. Um, Thomas Vinterberg and, uh, I liked the Emerald Fennell winning, uh, original screenplay, which was again, one of the top, uh, awards at the top of the show. Um, it's Daniel cool Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Yeah. Chloe Zhao, Daniel yeah. Kaluuya. Again, like just the the, the diversity is. Oh my god, he killed me, man. Him, I was going to ask you guys what your mom, favorite speech mom, was, but then oh I was like, god. wait, what other speech is there? <laughs> yeah, that was that was. Yeah, bad. he was, man. He's just like he's just that he's just that guy, man. Like every every time you see him, you know, on shows, on podcasts, on you know talk shows, whatever. I just I just love him. He's just so. Even on SNL, I don't know if you saw just him host. Genuine, you know, he was like kind of plugged real. in in a way that hosts sometimes show up and they don't seem like they're engaged. Yeah, yeah he really he was seemed into like it, he man. was. Again, I haven't seen him be that kind of live. I mean, I guess I've seen him be a live wire in a sense in movies, but he often is playing characters that are sort of reserved or 
kind of tortured. Yeah. Uh, and so it, you know, just seeing him show different colors, I think is, 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 yeah, it's awesome. And it's just fun. And he's the kind of star you like to see have a funny, memorable moment like that. And I've heard so many people talking about that speech. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of other wins that really stuck with me. I mean, you know, I, what's weird is there's this weird backlash that starts towards some of these movies. Like I feel like Nomadland has, I've started to see people taking it apart uh, because of it being kind of pro Amazon, which I honestly didn't get that from the movie. I know they had a lot of cooperation no. from Amazon in making the movie, but I didn't think the movie depicted the uh, you know the seasonal workers at Amazon's existence in a particularly rosy way. I thought it was very no no. very truthful. But I've seen people criticizing the fact that like oh the people sitting down together to have like a happy lunch that doesn't happen. And I was like how the fuck do you know people don't sit down and have a nice conversation <laughs> over lunch? People are still so people. Weird. And also I don't think yeah. that movie romanticized this life. But I saw so many people saying I mean again uh, so many people a handful of people on a couple of threads that were like saying and I was like okay I guess I don't quite get it because I thought that movie was like bracingly. Uh, non-judgmental in a positive or a negative light yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of yeah. how it treated its subjects. But I, I like seeing a movie like that win that I that I thought was or win win big awards. You know, just that like I thought it had some something interesting going on in it. Um, even though it is kind of the picture of the Oscar movie, and I do think it's interesting that Chloe Zhao is now a uh, you know she's a she's an she's got a big MCU movie coming out, and she's an Oscar winning director. I don't think that's happened yeah. to anybody yet. Can't wait you to know. see that in the trailer. For well, the also, just like, does that mean her oh, leverage in that, you know, she, they supposedly already gave her a lot of leeway to make the movie she wanted to make. And now yeah. I almost yeah. feel like she gets to go in there and say, and, you know, yeah. if there's any editing left to be done, she and Kevin Feige, I guess uh, Kevin Feige has, he's got an Oscar for Black Panther, right? Does he have a producer's Oscar for that? No, I guess uh, not. Because it didn't I win Best Picture. No, not not for Picture. Um, what did it I mean, win for? Uh, was it like a uh, costume design okay. or, I guess it or, or hair and makeup or something? One of those craft categories or yeah. multiple ones, I think actually, but um, yeah, so yeah I don't Kevin, think he... he doesn't really have one. So yeah, she gets to come in. She should just like put it on a chain around her neck <laughs> when they're talking about reshoots or whatever. But no, but that's cool <laughs> to see. But I mean, I don't know. That was just like something I almost kind of expected it. I guess yeah. the big award we're, we're leading up to is one where people sort of expected something that I don't know if people had, <clears throat> had any real reason to expect it to go a certain way. But based on putting the, uh, the acting uh, lead actor category last, uh, it seemed yeah. like they were building up to a big moment where we would stop and take note of the passing of Chadwick Boseman, who I think, I mean, I don't know, again, I, I never heard that he was a favorite. I just think it was one of those things that people started to think felt right. He was definitely this a idea favorite. That he was, but I mean, like, for, for reasons beyond the, the the performance, which was also great, but, like, the fact that there are other great performances in that category and people that people might like to see win, I think there was just a general feeling towards the idea of, yes, let's celebrate this Man, you know, like it felt, it just would have felt good. And I think that it's still weird for the Academy to sort of expect that and to structure the ceremony around that. And also to kind of rob him in a way of the moment maybe he should have had somewhere else in the ceremony of remembering him. So I don't know. Let's talk about that. How, how do you feel about the lead actor category? And we, I don't know that we ever talked much about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. What did you think of Chadwick's uh, performance in that? I mean, he's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. He's just, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a beast. I mean, him and Viola Davis are both incredible in that movie. It's a very uh, worthy performance of a nomination. And I, and I mean, I think like in general, uh, I mean, for a while, I mean, he actually was the front runner. I mean, like he'd won a lot of the awards at like the critics associations and his wife, you know, was president of a lot of them accepting on his behalf. And it was like, I think that's why they really tried to bank on this big moment at the end of the show. Um, that yeah man that just completely backfired um and 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 was the opposite intended ending for a, a show like this you know like you, you you have a presenter who joaquin phoenix is like uh you know not the most charismatic person to have on the stage to kind of end the show to begin with yeah uh you know but then you, when you give the award to anthony hopkins who isn't there and isn't able to zoom in because he was not able to go to one of the satellite centers <clears throat> And you know you get his picture on the screen, and 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 Joaquin accepts the award on the Academy's behalf. I mean, what the fuck is that? Like, that's the most anticlimactic ending to an Oscars probably ever that I know of, and probably yeah. maybe ever. 
You know, like you're used to seeing not only his picture a thing because like you have the whole production, the you know the director that everybody's there celebrating and it's a yeah. big thing and the host comes back up and is like thanks for watching. You get Joaquin Phoenix like thanks you know uh, I'm yeah, accepting this on his you're behalf. making me like, feel oh. weird thinking about it. it. it right? It was it's so, so awkward. It was so awkward. It was so um, so awkward. And what's weird is like as great as Chadwick Boseman is in that movie, it's like what could mess this up? It's like okay, well. There's this dark horse, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, in a career best performance, yeah. possibly, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I don't know that... It, before I saw that movie, I, it wasn't really on my radar how great he was going to be in that. And I think we've all gotten kind of used to him and maybe a little bored with some of his tricks or something. So yeah. it was like something new to see him in something that really can surprise you. But, I mean, I think... Uh, I, I don't know. The dynamism of, of what Chadwick Boseman is doing in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is something yeah. different. But, the, I mean, it's honestly, you could say, these two performances kind of go head to head in terms of just the actor's toolbox what can an actor do where can an actor take you um yeah. different ways of doing it but uh, you know similar power to them of just you feeling sort of wrung out at the end of both of those movies and they're both reasonably short movies which is you know for oscar movies they're around 90 minutes that's pretty rare yeah. i don't know it's it's like i i i think it would have just felt nice to have that like sort of victory lap for him and to have people speaking about him and all that oh, yeah. and and yeah, it did make it a very strange thing. It also it kind of makes it strange for Anthony Hopkins because now he's kind Absolutely. of accepting the award, but also kind of apologizing that it didn't go to Chadwick Boseman. Um, I don't know. I uh, Yeah, it was just a very weird, very weird feeling. I mean, what's the last... I guess the Moonlight... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, La La Land. La La Land? What was the name of that yeah. movie? La- yeah. Um, La La that was the last time I felt this weird at the end of a show. But what you're saying, Steve at least then you had all the people from the movie that won up there saying like, oh, it was our moment. You know, we got to have it for a second. This time it really was like, okay, well, <laughs> eh, many, I have, folks have a good evening. <laughs> that was just like yeah. nothing to end on. It was very, very strange. Yeah. What, what did you think of it, Ronald? I mean, like, how did you feel as, as that broadcast went off? Well, I watched the pre-show, which had like a, 15 minute thing about Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It was in, it was intense and it was long and it, it, I was like, man, this is a chunk uh, out of this thing. So it felt even weirder. So like, yeah, you're right. You That's a good the, point. Yeah. That adds context to it. So like, sure. I mean, it was awkward, but it was way more awkward if you saw how frequently and then everybody, everybody that had an interview was pretty much like, yeah, I love this thing, but you know, Chadwick Boseman can, the, the interviewer kept saying it over and over again. So it was cemented in my head that he would have maybe won or yeah, I man. wanted him to win. Yeah. Um, and then and then for it to fall flat the way that it did, like it was, <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. Like, yeah. Okay. Fully edited, beautiful clips of his wife speaking, people talking about him, clips of all his movies. I was like, I want to see it. Oh boy. I want to see it win. And in hindsight, that's almost like a tell because like, you know, that's the, that's a piece of there that they can control. It's like the pre-show and yeah, like, right. we can do this like great, highly produced thing, but we're taking a risk and they knew it going into it, that we're going to move this category to the end. And, and the producers don't know who the winners are, you know, when they right. roll to the end of the show, obviously. Right. So, I mean, what a, what a risk, but I mean, I think that's probably calculated in that, like, you know, yeah, we had this amazingly produced uh, package in, in the pre-show, which I agree was great. It was a really, in, you know, really nice tribute to him. But then when you get to the ceremony and like, you know, they have the in memoriam section, which flew through at like a, a ridiculous pace. And like, you know, you ended on him and you're like, oh, man, this is God damn. That's that's, that's right. This is horrible. And then you're like, oh, my God, they're doing that category at the end. Like immediately I had like a, a like a feeling in my stomach, like. Oh my God, like what if he doesn't win this award? This award show is going to end like on a horrible note. Yeah. And then as yeah. soon as it happened, it's like, oh, of course, like what the fuck? Yeah. And, you, and you're right, John, like it's really not fair to Anthony Hopkins at all. Like I feel horrible. I don't feel horrible for him. He's fucking Anthony right. Hopkins. No. But like, yeah. but you do, I, I do not like the idea that like in what could be his best performance in his career and, you know, and, and a deserved award, you know, that let's be frank, like the, actor's body of the academy votes on who wins so like yeah of their peers like you know he he won the award so i mean that's a fact you know i you know we're never going to see what numbers are or how close that race was but did I'm you sure hear the metric though close. that several people have said though that they vote they just voted 
their heart. They, I, I, they were like, I'm going to celebrate this or that because they. it was one of those, they, a lot of people assumed that Chadwick Boseman was going to win. So I think a lot of, it's one of those times where, and I'm not quite sure how that works out, that people would say, I really admired him. Like a lot of people wanted him to win because they thought it was right. But they also thought, well, I really admired Anthony Hopkins' performance. So, I mean, supposedly uh, there's some uh, people reporting that they voted for Anthony Hopkins because they liked that performance better, but that if they were doing that because they just assumed, it, you know, it's that kind of thing that you hear about with people using their vote in a strange way. But yeah. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand the logic of that myself. But it still seems like that person saying they, they would have preferred to vote for Anthony Hopkins, but that even someone who voted for Anthony Hopkins would say, who's going to win, You would they would say probably Chadwick Boseman and he probably should, you know? So it's an odd, yeah. it's an odd thing. But I, I think that, the, I mean, I watched that movie again, uh, Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And it's like, man, it's like, he's just on fire. I mean, that movie feels yes. so much like a play and the, the yeah. rhythm of it. I don't know that, that, that feat of acting, um, is always impressive to me when it's like got that rapid fire kind of dialogue and it's these long, long scenes. Everyone's great in that movie actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's yeah. no question that he just, you know, flays your skin off in that one. Like there's some, he just does everything he can do. And after seeing him in a couple of movies where he kind of hangs back, like into five bloods and black Panther, he's not doing everything he can do. He's kind of letting other people steal the scene. Yeah. Uh, but mm. that's not the case in Ma Rainey's black bottom at all. <clears throat> yeah. It's weird. I mean, had they had the award in place where it normally would have been and, and still the upset happened, it'd still be like, Holy hell. What? Yeah. Right. But yeah. just the idea that like, it was such a risk to, you know, shake the, the, the last three awards up. It just was such a weird, unfortunate, you know, like just all around decision. It seems. And for what to me was a not great ceremony. It just yeah. like put the punctuation yeah. on the end of him. Like I'm done with this right now. Like just get me out of this one and I'll look forward to next year. Yeah. You know, but I don't know that said, you know, there was any a lot predictions of great... for next year, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm saying that said, you know, it was interesting the year, you know, that was primarily, you know, kind of victim to a pandemic, you know, in terms of what came out that was eligible. It, it, you know, the diversity and the winners and the inclusivity and just like the variety of films that were nominated. Yeah. There's some amazing movies that came out this year. So, I mean, I, I'm really still celebrate the variety of films that we had to, to choose from to watch. And I mean, amongst the ones that were nominated, there are just some amazing movies. So, you know, I think regardless of how great or not so great the ceremony was, you know, if there's movies that were nominated, you had any interest in, you know, mostly I think everything is available in some way on streaming. So, you know, seek out some of these movies. If you haven't seen movies like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is on Netflix uh, or Nomadland, which is on Hulu. Um, most of these movies are on Pivot, if not on the streaming services directly, like find them and watch them because like, you, you know, in a lot of ways, these are, some of the best movies that came out this year. So, you know, support those. And, you know, hopefully next year, you know, we have a better ceremony and I'm, I'm, I have no doubt we'll have a even bigger variety of films to, to, to kind of watch and, you know, see, see how they play out at, at the Academy Awards next year. But um, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the Oscars before we wrap this up? Not I. Ronald? No, no, no nothing for me, man. All right, cool. Um, so that's going to be the podcast. So again, Mortal Kombat, we talked about that's on HBO Max and in theaters. If that is of interest to you, uh, John, you have to check it out and let us know what you think of it over on the HBO Max side. Um, and Ronald mentioned Best Summer Ever, uh, which is on Peabod. Um, that was a movie that we mentioned briefly and we saw it South by Southwest, which is available now too. We both recommend that. And uh, yeah, again, just kind of promote these movies that were at the Oscars, you know, whether they were winners, losers, or, you know, anywhere in between just um, there's some great movies. I, I I think another round was great. I saw that kind of late. Um, but if you're a fan of like Mads Mikkelsen, um, I'd, I'd recommend checking it out, especially because the day after the Oscars, they, they mentioned that Leonardo DiCaprio's production company won the rights to remake it. And apparently he's going to maybe be starring in the Mads role. So um, I don't know. We'll see if that happens. But yeah, anything else, just just look at look up those movies and find them on on some sort of streaming option because there's a lot of great options in there to, to check out. Um, the podcast available on all the major podcast platforms. You can go to moviesmovie.com, which now goes to this great landing page that we have on Podlink that kind of shows you all of those platforms and kind of lets you jump right into them, whether you're on your mobile device, if you're on excuse me, if you're on your mobile device in the browser, it'll take you right to the app if you have it or take you to the app store so you can download it and take you right to our podcast so you can listen or subscribe. 
Um, and if you have YouTube, we also release videos with these podcasts now every week. So movie schmovie uh, or youtube.com slash movie schmovie. Uh, you can subscribe there and uh, hit the bell so you get alerts every Friday when we when we post the video along with the podcast feed. And uh, if you're looking for some back catalog outside of the podcast on the YouTube site, we have a series that we did for uh, called Marvel Schmarvel, where we kind of go over the weekly episodes that come down for the Disney Plus series. So Falcon and Winter Soldier, Soldier just ended last week, so you can kind of catch up on those and uh, catch back up with us as we talk about um, Hulu's Modoc, which comes out in a couple of weeks, and then when Loki comes out on Disney Plus, we'll be talking about that too. But yeah, we're, we're a lot of places. If you could just find us and stick with us somewhere, that'd be great. And tell somebody that you know about it too, because that would be even better if you spread the word. And nobody's trying to stop us, guys. I just wanted you to know, yeah, Steve. You, you check it out? Yeah. yeah. You're, oh, you're on lookout yeah, right I at just the end of the episode. Yeah, just make it sure. You're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but moviesmovie.com is the great place to go. Just find us uh, wherever you prefer to listen to a podcast, and, and we should be there. If we're not, let us know. Um, if you guys are good, actually, real quick. We should probably tease in a couple of weeks. We're going to have a very special episode. Yeah. <clears throat> we should start teasing this out because, you know, this is 297. And if you do math and you carry numbers like, you know, three episodes from now is a very important episode for this podcast. You know, in the middle or second week, third week of May, we'll, we'll be celebrating 300 episodes and, and 10 years of movie schmovie. So we've got a fun episode planned for that. So be sure um, if you're a listener of this podcast, um, hopefully you'll get excited for that because we got something special planned and, uh, That'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. And you've got time now if you want to catch all the references to go back and listen to all 300 episodes yeah. of the show. Yeah. yeah. 297. I mean, yeah. I think if you do, again, the math works out if you do that in the number of days you have between then and now. You can listen to them all, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and you don't have anything to do. I mean, so just do that. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What you got <laughs> Quit your job. If you Everything I said important. about the movies before, scratch it. Just listen all yeah. 296 yeah. prior <laughs> episodes and then you'll be good. Binge, binge yeah. listen to them. The ultimate binge, like, you know, Netflix. I mean, nothing on Netflix is 296 episodes plus yeah. this guy. I'm just yeah. saying. Uh, but yeah, look forward to that. I know I do. And I know all of us are. Um, so episode 300 will be pretty special in a couple of weeks. But um, as always, thanks for listening. And uh, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>